a playlist original. Hey guys, I'm Steven. I'm Giselle. And we're the Lover's Passport, and we are welcoming you back to another episode of Unfiltered Adventures. Today, we're taking you to probably our favorite place we've ever been, Iceland. So, (laughs) (laughs) Giselle's just giving me a blank face over here. We've been going on quite a few trips recently. We just got back from Abu Dhabi. We're getting ready to head up to Yosemite Firefall this weekend, which just made us think... Uh, I don't think that we've talked about too many of the unfortunate events of trips yet or like big things that have gone wrong or we talked about it a little bit, but I was typing this out in a different interview earlier, Giselle, on talking about this whole experience. It just just brought me back to the moment and I was going through some old footage. So I thought today we could talk about Iceland. So we'll start it off from the very beginning. On our way to the airport, we get there and we realize we only have an hour to get to our connecting flight from Iceland. Because our first, okay, actually, even even farther back because we're getting to the airport and we got the notification, like we got in the car and that's when I checked my phone and they didn't notify us, but I happened to check the app. And then there was like a mechanical delay on the first flight. And so we saw that we would be missing our connection, which would actually make it so we wouldn't be able to get to Iceland for a whole nother day from the airport we were supposed to go on. So we ended up switching our flights from the car ride over to Los Angeles International Airport. If you're ever in LA, don't recommend it. <laughs> it's it's pretty brutal airport. But anyway, we were on our way over there and we switched the flights and immediately we we get to the airport we're like okay we're good to go we have a four hour layover before we get on our second flight to iceland we board up we get on the plane we're stoked and then we're waiting and we're waiting and and we're waiting (laughs) we have another mechanical delay so we literally switch flights to avoid this very thing and then we get on one that had a worse mechanical delay than the first one well it didn't start off worse it was like take off it was like 15 no we we got on the runway i think and then it was like the brakes weren't working or it was it was a small detail, but it was a big enough detail to where it was a, a pretty big problem. So they brought us all the way back to the terminal and we were still on the plane. They were like, okay, it's going like to take 30. Well, they said 30 minutes first. They were like, it's going to take like 30 minutes to get this fixed. Then it got extended to an hour and it was terrible because they wouldn't tell us it was getting delayed we had the yeah we had the flight hooked up to our phones so we were getting text after text and eventually i think it was what like three or four hours before we finally left the airport i think it was four hours yeah yeah we got so it went from we were only gonna have a one hour delay getting to the airport and getting to our second flight so we were barely gonna miss it so we ended up switching the flights got on this flight and it ended up being four hours late so we didn't get we were flying to jfk airport in new york and we didn't get there till what like 1 30 a.m yeah it was pretty late we were supposed to get there like 7 p.m and then it gets even better <laughs> so we land and there's i don't know 50 to 100 other people that all miss their connecting flights because it's a pretty big international flight like the line at the end to talk to the register the, the like the terminal workers to get the vouchers that we needed to stay the night at the airport since it was 1 30 and the next flight wasn't out till the next day the line itself it took another 30 minutes just to get those vouchers and on the vouchers they they gave us a taxi to this different hotel that we can go and stay at do you remember the name of it i don't i don't remember the ratchet thing i've ever seen oh my gosh so we get in this car and we're we at this couple older couple asked us, hey, do you guys just want to share an Uber on the way over there? So we hop in the car with them, we're driving over, and these people 
seemed pretty ordinary until we started talking to them and this lady was like trying to get her show on the food network and this other guy was like an investor in different nfl teams i think it's soccer teams or yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right different teams. different soccer teams and it was just crazy they were both loaded like very very bougie they just talking to them he was like oh yeah what are you guys doing out there and we were, this, back then we had what a hundred thousand followers and like 150k on it yeah on he was TikTok. like oh you guys are small and we're like he oh, was like okay. oh i have some of my buddies who have millions of followers on tiktok and just going on and on about this and we were like dang these people are like crazy okay and, they were professional athletes though he, he must have been like a manager or something for the professional athletes yeah they both had a lot of stuff going on the lady i remember right before we got to the hotel was like don't forget to watch me on the food network i was like I don't know. I thought it was, funny. It, was, it was, they were comical to talk with. But then as soon as we got there, we're all sitting and waiting in a room. They get their room first. We're like, no, 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 you guys go ahead. They hop in the elevator, go upstairs. We're, we start talking to this guy. The guy barely speaks English, doesn't know too much about what's going on. We give him the voucher. Not what, five minutes later, they, they come, come down. That's <laughs> the most crazy thing I've ever seen happen at a hotel. They come down and they're furious because they checked into a room where somebody was sleeping. Like somebody was in. <laughs> In the room that they were given it I can't would, even imagine that would be so terrible I, I don't know who had it worse do you think it was them going into the or room the guys or the guys in the room <laughs> anyway so that was like I don't that's know. the vibe of this place that yeah. we got to stay at we got inside the hotel and our room wasn't too bad the bed wasn't super comfy but we were only going to be there for what four or five hours now before we woke up and we had a 24 hour layover in New York I don't know if we mentioned that part that. it was a little it was like a full day so we just decided to make the best of the situation since we got our vouchers at the hotel by 2 a.m., fell asleep, got up, and we had to be, I think our next flight out was 7 p.m. No, so no, it was, remember it was a 10.30 p.m. flight. It was, was the it? last flight of the day. That's right. Okay, so it was 10.30 p.m. and we had to be at the airport at 7 p.m. Because I am that crazy type A person that <laughs> needs to get to the airport three hours early. It's international, so it makes It's international. Sense. I Especially with COVID and everything, too. I feel like it's definitely a good thing because we've, like, even in Miami, honestly, that was the closest call. Even with pre-check, even with global entry, like, definitely takes longer. Anywho. Yeah, but they, JFK only has one flight out at 10.30 p.m. going to Iceland during this time of the year. So we got to go to some fun places, though. I mean, we went to Times Square, and I'd never been there during the day. So that was pretty cool being able to people watch. And we went to the M&M store there. We went to Italy, my favorite place ever. Yeah, if you guys are ever in New York or even L.A. or Las Vegas, right? They have another one. Italy was delicious, but it was kind of weird because we were just walking around. The... With our luggage. <laughs> we didn't trust it in the hotel. Well, actually, we had to check out of the hotel by like 11 we weren't going to the airport until much much later so we're literally looking like such tourists because we have our carry-ons with us yeah so we're just rolling our away bags all over new york but anyway i thought it was a fun little layover in new york it wasn't yeah the, we got we some work been... done too we went to like a local coffee shop and dude this... even almost lost his passport <laughs> that freaked me out this coffee shop was probably the le- it felt like a speakeasy like i bet it was it totally was though yeah it was a super super nice coffee shop do you remember the name of that spot? no but it was like there's an exterior coffee shop and then you walk in and then there's like a huge bar area yeah it was super rad though whenever we go to a new city i feel like that's the number one thing we always try and find is like okay we need coffee where's a good coffee good shop local coffee because they always have wi-fi they always got good wi-fi they got good bathrooms those are two necessities when you're out there on the road true anyway so we finally get to our flight in iceland so we're taking off how long was the flight eight and a half hours nine hours yeah it was Something like that. it was a long flight but so. it wasn't a bad flight like it's it was like a overnighter so it wasn't terrible yeah, yeah. i slept basically the whole time I, I remember so we we landed and 
next thing happens. So we, we land in the in Reykjavik or Kefelvik because it's right, right. We right. land in Kefelvik, so it's right next to Iceland. About an hour outside. Right next to Iceland. You mean right next to Reykjavik? <laughs> it's like twenty minutes out of Reykjavik. And anyway, we land there and we have our carry-ons. We haven't. We didn't have our checked bags because we checked two of them back in LA, but they didn't give them to us since we were just gonna leave them at the airport. So we ended up leaving them there. We're waiting for our checked bags. I get my checked bag and we're waiting and we're waiting. And the end of the carousel comes and it's been like an hour. <laughs> and Giselle's. I feel like as soon as we got there. Giselle was like, okay, I, just knew I feel like, wrong. I feel like they're not going to have my luggage. I just feel it. Cause usually they text you like your luggage is boarded the plane and she didn't get that text. I, I saw one though. I saw one saying that the bags have arrived, but then I checked and it was only your name. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> we already lost a day of our trip and then they lost my bag. Yeah. And it, it gets w- even stupider in that <laughs> department. Like... I can't, we went over to the desk, right, and got, like, the voucher and some other stuff. And by this point, like, traveling is exhausting when you miss, like, we left a full day before, missed flights, crazy, weird hotel, and then you finally get there after a really long flight, they lost my bag. Luckily, I had, like, a spare outfit in my carry-on, and luckily I had, like, any of my important electronics and prescriptions and everything like that with me but we're doing van life around iceland for a week so we don't have like a mailing address that they can forward our luggage to and i told the lady this and i get a call and um they finally say that they can get the luggage to me but there's gonna be a like a full day delay i didn't end up getting my my suitcase until three days into our trip that was halfway (laughs) through our van life thing and they long story short they ended up having to fly it to vic that another airport in Iceland, like across the road, because we had already started driving. I didn't want to like wait around in Reykjavik and lose another day or two waiting for my baggage to come because it was lost in JFK. So we would have had to wait another, like the same thing with our flight delay for the next plane to come. And so it would have been, a, it would have been just, day. yeah, not worth it. So we decided to just go and I was just going to wear the clothes I had and <laughs> just go with it. And yeah, that was, that was that. And I get to the Vic airport three days later. They tell us that my bag is going to be there at 9am. It's not there at 9am. It was like 11am when they finally showed up, which obviously threw a wrench in some of our plans to go see sunrise at certain places and sunset. We were behind on our driving. It's just a real annoyance. Not yeah. going to lie. And then we get the bag finally it's damaged and i'm like you have got to be kidding me this is the stupidest thing ever and like it was a brand new suitcase like this was the trip breaking them in and they're like those fancy away luggage and we balled out on those because we're like okay we want to invest in good luggage they were scratched up everywhere and there was like bird poop on it and i just it's just like the icing on the cake, but whatever. I this was, to clean it. and let, reminder, this is just getting to Iceland. We hadn't even started the like trip yet. Although I feel like most things usually go wrong. Like during the trip. On the travel to get yeah. from A to B. But anyway, getting to Iceland was, that was a, fiasco. a complete fiasco. Thanks, Delta Airlines. And then being in fiasco, being in fiasco, being in Iceland with a whole nother different experience. I don't know if you've ever been to Iceland, but they have these different seasons to where they have 12 hours of sunlight, 12 hours of darkness days. There's days where there's only two hours or three hours of sunlight and the rest of it is all dark. So we went in August and the light during the day was sunrise was at like 5 a.m. And no, we went in September. I thought it was like late August. It was after Maybe the early. Sun. 
Yeah. So anyway, we ended up going and sunrise was at like 5 a.m. And sunset was at like 9.30 or 10 p.m. Depending on if you were in the north or the south of the country so it was really really interesting the rest of the trip it was like we were fighting to stay awake for sunrise but then also having to stay awake until sunset it was like right after midnight sun to where we could have just reversed our sleep schedules which is basically you wake up during your normal time during sunset and you shoot basically for a few hours during sunset and then you can keep doing whatever you want and then you shoot until sunrise and then you sleep all day just because there's so much light outside and it's basically golden hour throughout the entire day. How do you avoid the crowds? Yeah, it's this crazy, crazy experience that a lot of photographers do just because it's like perfect lighting the entire time. So we were there right after that. So every morning we were getting up for sunrise. And let me tell you, out of the, what, six days of sunrises we got, we went like what, one, one for, for six. six. And that one was it wasn't insane. It was right next to the big waterfall in the north called Deddy Foss. I think it is the most powerful waterfall Second in all most. of Europe. Yeah, it's su such a beautiful waterfall. But that is the only spot where we got a sunrise. So I think imagine got skunked on like almost every sunset too. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, that's where I was getting to next. Sunrise, we got one good one. We got like that beautiful pink sky. Every other one was just super, super gray, which some people love. Not necessarily like our colorful. style. Yeah. yeah. And then getting to sunset, like Giselle said, we did not get one sunset the entire trip. We would always be in the perfect location hiking. And then Giselle would be like, it, it's not going to happen. I'm like, no, it's going to happen. a lot of moody shots. I believe. <laughs> I believe in it. And she's like, no, no. And it, it would usually get there and it would, it would be pretty. But the one thing is that is hard about Iceland is even though you want to see sunrise and sunset in particular spots, the weather can change there so fast to where if you're on one part of the island, you're like, okay, I'm going to go see sunset up at Skogafoss, or I'm going to go see sunrise at this area. And it could be a one all the way up to like a four or five hour trek to get over to the area. And you never know what the weather's going to be because it can change so fast. So when you go to Iceland, you just kind of have to be prepared to get absolutely no sunshine be able to work with the clouds but i mean every location is pretty epic i don't think you really need it yeah i mean the weather wasn't like it could have been worse i think we got mostly clouds maybe a day of rain not even actually the one day it was raining it was like 2 a.m and we pulled an all-nighter that night i remember and i was just like oh my god I need I feel, to yeah so we decided to go all the way out to the western fjords it's like these huge fingers if you ever look at a, it's a weird way to describe it if nobody's seen the map well that's what i'm saying if, yeah. you, if you look at the map they're like huge fingers like think of florida you know how florida kind of protrudes out of the u.s well these finger or i keep calling them fingers the western fjords kind of do the same thing where there's these huge masses that go out and they come back in they go out and they come back in which adds up to a lot of driving and this drive too like it adds five hours <laughs> i think it was each way from the ring road mm -hmm. and we kind of were like you know what we lost a day we're still gonna full send it but that means that if we want to go shoot sunrise at we were we were shooting it at kirkjavell which is right along the ring road so we could have just you know skipped the western fjords and just drove straight there and actually got some sleep no we're crazy people and so we decided we're just gonna do it. We had gravel insurance on our car, luckily, because we've heard the drive out there was nutty. But when we started driving, you guys, like this road that went on for hours was gravel for hours. <laughs> I thought like you would have some road a little bit, you know? No, after like one certain point, it was a lot of like construction going on and it was just gravel for days. And when you're driving, like not a rickety old man, but like a man that is, you know, not 
I well, I don't even know how to describe it. It's not the forerunner. It's not like yeah, it's not a four wheel drive monster. So you got to be a little careful. It didn't even have four wheel drive. <laughs> no, it didn't have four wheel drive. And I would recommend if you go to Iceland get a car with four wheel drive. But um, so we had to be really careful going down these roads. And then by the time we get there, we do our thing. We turn around, or actually, I should add the part where Stephen got really sad because we drove all the way out there in hopes <laughs> to see puffins. And it turns out that the puffins migrated out to sea the day before we left for that area, which means if our stupid flight didn't get delayed, we would have seen the puffins. Yeah, but... the puffins are usually there basically all summer. So they're there for about two or three months to mate and have their babies. And then they go out. <laughs> That's what they do. Or I guess have their eggs. They don't have... Hatch their eggs. Hatch their eggs. They don't have it. Yeah, anyway, so they get there, but the rest of the time, they're basically out at sea. So the only time photographers can really see them in the wild and capture these cute little puffins are... Like July and August. It's July and August. So we were up there right at the end of August. So it was like the end of the season. But we saw some stories of people sitting with them, hanging out, shooting all these puffins. We were like, we're going to make it. So we mobbed, literally like Giselle was saying, like six hours out there. We made it right before sunset. We were both super exhausted from the drive that you can't really sleep in the back of the van because when you try and sleep... On those gravel roads, (laughs) you get like thrown. You get air. Like when we talk about airtime, like I'm talking i'd say like not the car your body your body yeah (laughs) Yeah, i felt like a rag doll at some point you like try and sleep but every time you go over a bump you just go flying up or safety recommended you guys (laughs) or you find a goat or a sheep in the middle of the road there are so many sheep you're okay this drive just i forgot about the sheep this drive was just so nutty and the fact that after this like whole fiasco of us finally getting there, not seeing the puffins, which by the way, after the fact, we learned that there's a live cam that watches the puffins. So you're welcome. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We started driving back. We're all disappointed because it was a it wasn't a great sunset and there was no puffins and we had driven all the way out there. It's still super beautiful, but obviously when you have your expectations set pretty high, it was kind of a bummer of a spot, but we're driving back it's dark out now. It starts to rain. We're on a terrible gravel road. And then all of a sudden it's like dodge the sheep. Like it's like a freaking Mario Kart video game, but the obstacles are all sheep and you can't see them because the headlights on the van weren't great, but we just had to take it nice and slow. But we were also like, oh, we also got to kind of haul because we need to get to our sunrise spot. And we switched off driving. So we, I did half the drive and Steven did half the drive, but somehow I got the part where it was raining and there were sheep and I had to dodge everything. That's terrible. I just remember laying down in the back and probably maybe every two to three minutes, she'd be like, more sheep. Are you joking? And like you'd have, yeah, like you'd have to honk at them because they just sit in the middle of the road and they will not move. They will just stare at the car like a deer in headlights. A and headlight. yeah. And the like Giselle said, the lights on this car were terrible. They were dim. They were, they were dim. Awful. We did not rent the top model, you guys. <laughs> But it's still a really good van. I highly recommend that company. The The van itself was really nice. We don't have a van here because we have the Forerunner. But that was the one trip which I would, like, say changed my mind about wanting to do van life. I, we still wouldn't do it unless we did it temporarily. I don't think we'd fully on, like, buy a legit van. But that that van trip around Iceland was definitely the best way to travel 
that area in our opinion. But anyways, that van definitely made it a little difficult in terms of driving at night to, uh, or driving at night safely. I don't know how we didn't pop a tire. We saw multiple other creators there during Midnight Sun or even the week or two prior to it. Every single person, I think, got a flat tire, at least that I saw on their stories that they posted by. I feel like that's part of the journey when you go to Iceland. And then not even just like, these are all, I feel like, transportation or like weather dependent. There was also a few things that were just like, absolutely insane insanely hard to like find or figure out where they were when you're hiking like there was this one hike you go to to get to these basalt columns there's this beautiful blue water down at the bottom everyone tries to go to it and you're literally walking through like people's farms and people's like like it's public they opened it but you're kind of like am i the right spot yeah there's so many spots in iceland it's like nothing like what you think of america like when you go to state parks or national parks they're all very well marked everything's like go this way but yeah very regulated it's a completely different world out there in iceland there's like no trails you can follow a trail and it'll take you to some no-named waterfall that can be completely epic but that is just not on the map. And same thing with like a lot of the roads, they're only roads that are really paved are the roads in the cities and the ring road. All the other spots off the ring road that could be- Yeah, they're all called F roads. And the F roads really, really vary. Some of them are super insane. You're driving through rivers, you're going on cliffs, you're You need four by four and like special vehicles to drive these, by the way. But then there's other F roads that you just like cruise up and there's not really any, any big problem. Like you remember one of the first canyons we went to with the yeah there's like uh there's some canyons where you can go up a road and then park and then walk the part of the f road but this whole road that was an f road was just like flat gravel it was basically like the ones we took out to the western fjords so it's really hit and miss but that's why we recommend getting four by four cars or vans when you guys go because that would save you a lot of headaches if you can't but you also have to remember this is one thing too when you're booking you want to do it as far in advance because they have a lot of rentals that are just stick shift and if you can't drive stick then that puts you in a a little predicament I feel like Americans are the only ones that can't drive stick, though. Americans can't drive stick. Americans don't learn other languages in schools. You know, we're just falling behind. It's what we do best. And then another thing that I thought was very funny was our experience on the volcano. So don't get me wrong. Probably one of the most epic experiences ever. But we were amped. We were sleeping next to a bunch of other people in this one campground. It was probably the busiest campground that we slept at with. It was the closest. It was the closest one to the volcano. So it made sense. But I woke up and I was like, you know, if it's not a crazy sunrise or if it doesn't look like the volcano is going off, I'm just going to keep sleeping. We've done, what, five or six sunrises to sunsets back to back. Like two hours of sleep every night. Three hours of sleep every night. Maximum. And they weren't great out great sleep you know it's like you're sitting there and you're just anticipating the sunrise alarm so anyway i get up and i check in i'm like you can see the volcano it was like smoking i had this crazy red glow that came out i was amped so got up and i was like giselle it's going off he showed me the live cam because there was a live cam at the time yeah we were we were hyped so we jumped in the car drove all the way over there it is insanely cold and very very windy and it's sunrise i had every layer on like every (laughs) single layer i possibly had with me and we hike up to the very top it's like a four mile trail it was six six miles round trip the one that we did okay so six miles round trip 
trip and you go up quite a bit you basically climb a mountain because we wanted to be able to see inside the crater so we get all the way to the top there's a ton of other people there we can see the light coming up we can see the clouds right above it there's we're like red a little plume like yeah. a little volcano plume above it and we set up our tripod we took all of our pictures got to got a bunch of video content i was amped i was like i saw a live volcano and we we just have nothing like that in the state so it was really really cool experience and then we headed up to the golden circle we went to the blue lagoon the sky lagoon we'll get into that in a little bit but then while we're at the blue lagoon or on our way to the blue lagoon we were both super excited that was where we were going to finish off the day with sunset kind of relax we get a message from two of our friends that were also in iceland and we're like guys check the live cam so we looked and we were like oh it's okay we already saw the volcano and we looked and we were like oh my goodness and we're like we saw nothing this morning <laughs> this thing was like exploding and the volcano is very hit and miss but it's like super rhythmic in terms of when it was erupting when we were there and we looked at this thing and we're like oh my god we have to go back it was another six mile hike, you guys, <laughs> and we had already done it that morning and we'd gone on other hikes during the day. And we we're like, oh, should we do it? And we're at the Blue Lagoon just like contemplating it. Which is like a hot spring. It's basically Yeah, a we're spa. like relaxing. So we're like doing skincare, relaxing. We both had drinks in our hand and we're like, do we really want to go hike another six miles? But it was volcano. That was like not the main reason, but that was definitely a selling point to us when we were buying the tickets to come out to Iceland. That was like the main reason we pulled the trigger when we did. But we <laughs> <laughs> so we finish up our time at the Blue Lagoon. We're like, screw it. We're just going to go. And so we get there and it starts raining. And we're like, oh, it's raining now. And we have to do this six mile uphill hike again. And it's freezing still. None of our stuff was really, I mean, we had water resistant stuff. But, but it wasn't was, waterproof. Yeah. We didn't have umbrellas. We didn't have anything super crazy with us. And we neither of us had eaten. And so we went to this little food truck. There's like a little truck. shack right outside. <laughs> had some I, French fries. Is that all we got? I feel like I remember I was like, no, it's going to be too expensive. I'm too cheap. I don't want anything. And then you ended up eating like all of my fries. <laughs> I did yeah. not eat all of them. They were most of them. But yeah, we got like a little thing to warm us up. I think it was like fish and chips actually. And so we're sitting in the car waiting because we wanted to go up at sunset and then wait till it got dark because that's when we thought the coolest photos would be and the coolest videos, which turns out, yeah, it was. And um, so we're all bundled up. I literally look like the Jet Puff Marshmallow Man <laughs> with how many layers She's not are even on. Joking. I look so big. But then the struggle is because you're hiking up this insanely steep mountain that you like start sweating. And so it was like this constant game of unzipping jackets and putting jackets back on. So we finally do it. We get up to the top. It's still raining. It's windy. It's cold. And Steven's like, you know what? I'm going to throw the drone up, even though you're not supposed to fly it in the rain or the crazy wind or anything. So he pulls out the drone and um, we're getting some insane footage. Like the volcano is really erupting. It's it's throwing out lava. I like, think it might be my favorite drone footage yeah. of all time. The the first time we went, the lava wasn't flowing. Like we saw the like the lava kind of like moving around in the volcanic crater, but it wasn't like there weren't lava flows dripping over the side of the volcano. This time there were. Yeah, I feel like the first time was like almost you know like a city how it like protrudes all the light and it lights up the sky above it. It's kind of like the same thing as the first time. Like it, it was like looked, a skylight. Yeah, it looked like it was gonna be really good, and that's what the live cam looked like too, because you couldn't necessarily see inside of it. 
but because it was dark, all the clouds above it were super red. So I think that's why I got so yeah. excited the morning of. But then we got up here and we were like, oh my God, this is crazy. And so Steven starts flying the drone and he's still flying the drone and he's pushing it to the limit because it's raining, it's cold, it's windy. And then he only has 2% drone battery left and he can't see where the drone is. Well, there's like a, it, it, it progresses. So there's the 20% warning and I'm like, oh, I'll be good. I'm still getting, there's ton. It's not that far because you can see how many meters away it is on the remote. And, but it's beeping at you. If any of you guys have ever flown a drone, uh, you know that when it gets down to 20%, it starts beeping you, it starts being super loud, and it's not. it doesn't stress you out, but it stresses you out. It's like when you're sitting in the car and you leave your car keys in. And you or know like that, your seatbelt. And you know that beep, yeah, like driving, it, put, it progressively gets more mad at you. It starts beeping faster, it starts getting more and more crazy, and then it hits 10%. And I was like, okay, 10%'s pushing it. I don't wanna lose my drone or this footage. It was raining, like Giselle said, super windy, so I start flying it back. But as soon as I start flying it back at 10%, the thickest clouds I rolled in, and we were already up there on a mountain, so it got super cloudy. We had no idea where it was. This thing is beeping at me like it's about to end the world. I've never... It, it was, was like it, the most stressful countdown. Yeah, I was freaked. And there were people around us. So I'm like, what's going... I didn't want to freak them out with the drone flying around. And then all of a sudden it drops down to 2%. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to have to run down there and freaking get this drone. I but, thought he was going to lose it in the volcano. I thought I was going to die and just like fall into the lava. Yeah, it was. I, I, I was literally sweating. It was raining so cold and I was dripping sweat because I was so... So nervous and finally you see this this little like the, the lights merge from the clouds i've never been more stoked in my life i was like oh my gosh it's here <laughs> yeah he instantly like got the drone back and he was like okay that's going away before we lose that footage yeah i was gonna throw it up again for the second time but it just got too dark and it got more and more rainy so i probably could have thrown it up a little bit earlier or probably could have brought it back earlier but he pushes it. Yeah, you know. He likes to push my button because I stress <laughs> out. The, but the volcano, I feel like that was probably the hardest we've ever pushed the drone. New Hampshire, we pushed it a few a few times pretty aggressively. but Yeah, but that was definitely the hardest time we've ever... Yeah. I'm trying to test. think, do you, can you think of anything, anything else that technically went wrong or this the craziness of Iceland? I don't know. The wind's always pretty crazy. I Oh, you know what we could talk about? The, I feel like we didn't finish the story of driving from the Western Fjords all the way to, um, well, where did we oh, go for sunrise? Oh, you know what? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> going back to that, like that drive like we said, was really interesting. I Giselle, Giselle needs a medal for that drive. That was, yeah, I, that was my turn. I drove most of the way out there just on the gravel roads and G was like, you know what, I'll, I'll do most of it. Neither of us wanted to say that we were going to pull an all-nighter and drive back. We didn't make that decision until it happened. <laughs> we were driving out there. It was kind of like, oh shoot, we have to start driving. Yeah, and we were like, you know what, we'll see sunset. We're going to play with the puffins. We'll sleep out there and then we'll get up and early and drive back and you map it and it's like five hours away. and we were like, like uh. and then we finished shooting and eating and everything by what like 10 p.m so when we were getting sunrise was going to be that next morning at, at five. five so if we left then we would make it there just in time for blue and hour we did but okay we we finally get there we get into the parking lot it's blue hour. It doesn't really look like the sunrise is going to happen, but we're, we're in the parking lot and we're like, okay, we're just going to take like a little nap because we just pulled this all nighter and we'll wake up in like 10, 20 minutes 
and then check again, see if the clouds have moved at all, and then we can start shooting. We did not wake up <laughs> in 20 minutes. We slept past our alarm. We missed sunrise, but like it was still... I feel like that's the worst feeling when you wake <laughs> like, up in a state of panic and you're like, well, my alarm didn't go off. I, I'm, I'm a failure. <laughs> well, the alarm didn't go off, but we just drove this stupid five-hour drive <laughs> and pulled it on later to see the sunrise there, and then we slept through our alarm. But we still got, like, a pretty dope shot. The The lighting was still pretty nice because it was still fairly early. We must have missed it by, like, literally 10 or 20 minutes. But, yeah, that was a... It wasn't ideal conditions, though. You know how we were saying that every single morning we did not get a sunrise? We still did not really get one. I so. feel like it was, a, it was a common theme where the spot where we wanted to shoot sunrise would be cloudy. And then an hour later, when it was, like, pretty harsh sun sunlight or when we were driving, yeah, then it would clear up. It seemed like the, the common theme. But, yeah, it was just... It was funny. We put so much effort and did so much to get to this one location. And then we end up sleeping through our yeah. <laughs> Not our prime. But it happens. It's like a lot of... We've definitely done that before where we set our alarms and don't wake up. Or we've done that a lot at like our homes when we're doing local sunrises and sunsets. It's like we set the alarm. We get up. We look outside. We're like, nah, we'll see. Go back to bed. We're like, oops, wasn't meant to be. <laughs> Anyway, these were all of the, like, not mess-ups, but the, har- the hardships that happened during scenes. during travel. We just wanted to share a little bit of that. I think that we can go through and share, like, the five highlights of Iceland. and think- Okay. So, should we start at number five or start at number one? I feel like I don't have them ranked. I just feel like what? I have five. Obviously, number one was the volcano. Okay, so we'll go one to five. <laughs> yeah. Number one was a volcano. That was pretty cool. I th- I feel like pretty cool is underestimating it. <laughs> okay, very cool. Whatever. One of the, Just casually, one of the top moments. If of you my guys life. have not seen the volcano in Iceland, just go to YouTube right now and type in Lover's Passport YouTube. It's in the first five seconds of the video. It It's, it's probably the coolest thing that I've ever seen. I've never seen nature in that as that powerful. I feel like I've seen strong wind. I mean, I've been in like 50 to 60 miles per hour wind. Once again, that was in Iceland a few years before this. We've seen the ocean during crazy storms here on the Pacific Ocean. We've even seen fires. Yeah, we've seen fires. We've seen everything, but I've never seen something as violent as a volcano. But beautiful. Yeah, it was like, it was like a... What a juxtaposition. (laughs) My English, my English major. I would never have thought of that word. I'm not going to lie. It's one of my favorite words juxtaposition yes it's like a contrast makes me feel fancy it is fancy it's like the word i used dramatize as a strong verb. and i feel like another thing that made it so epic is we were there at night like if you go during the day don't get me wrong the lava looks cool but i feel like it's like looking at las vegas during the day like you look at las vegas and it's like everything's a little a little tanned out it's not super bright it's It's like it's cool like don't don't get me wrong the stratosphere is huge like all these buildings it's an amazing amazing beautiful work of art but at night when you see everything lit up and the blinking lights and the craziness that's kind of how what i what i think about when i think of the volcano as well like during the evening you could see these massive splashes of the volcano go up and go down and especially on the drone like being over that it was like we were watching yeah. i don't know national geographic for it wasn't like we were just doing it on tv it didn't feel we like were, in real life yeah it was just such a such a surreal moment so and we sat we there go, for a while yeah we sat up there till like 11 p.m and then we had to hike down but it stopped. It stopped exploding 
when we were packing up our bags, we were like, what perfect timing is that? And people were still going up and we're like, haha, Seggers. <laughs> <laughs> we made it a time for once. But yeah, that was definitely number one. Number two, in no particular order, I feel like the lagoons are pretty cool. Blue Lagoon, Sky Lagoon, we did both of them. We got a press pass for the Sky Lagoon, so we got like an upgraded, fancier experience there. And then we paid for the like mid-tier package of the Blue Lagoon. They were totally different experiences, but both were super relaxing. I feel like Sky Lagoon was definitely more the like chill, relax, have a drink next to the pool kind of place. Whereas Blue Lagoon was definitely more touristy, very, very busy, but the water is so cool where it's totally justified. Like yeah, if would... we were doing the overrated, underrated, justified, like I would say both of them are justified. Oh yeah, totally justified. I would in a top five, I would put this in at number three for me. Yeah. I know Giselle said no order, but I'm making this. You're order. making an order. <laughs> All right. So I think that the Blue Lagoon, I would almost compare to like Big Sur. Like very if not magical, but it has like the magical, very touristy vibe. And I would compare the Sky Lagoon to something like a rooftop bar at LA. I don't know how you feel how about that. How do you compare that. Big Sur to a rooftop bar? <laughs> no, I, I feel like one's like Sky Lagoon felt more private. I and thought then... Sky Lagoon felt more like luxury. Like when I go well, to like. because we had the luxury package. Like we could have done like a more luxury package. At... But I mean, just like the pool in general, like all the rocks look like. Not polished, but they look like all the same color. All the water was beautiful. Like their <laughs> the little ambiance. their little spa area felt like I was walking into a hobbit house. Like when I think of like Big Sur, I think of like kind of magical hippie vibes. Like or I'm, I'm sorry, not not thinking of Big Sur. When Stop I think... making this comparison. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like one feels like a a luxury hotel, like boutique spa, and the other one is kind of like a community swimming pool. <laughs> is that like, is that a better comparison? Or like a community, a community spa? You can look at, watch our YouTube video. We compare the two. Yeah, we have a full Lagoon. dedicated one, but so we won't get into it too much. On Personally, this. I, I like the Blue Lagoon more just because it's all about the experience. I liked the blue the, water was crazy. I was going to say, I liked the water at Blue Lagoon better, but I liked the, the ritual at the Sky Lagoon. Like the, the at, at the Sky Lagoon, we went through this like seven step process called the ritual and it kind of like shocks your body. And then at uh, Blue Lagoon, we did like face masks and mud masks and stuff. So I liked the, the like more activity side of Sky Lagoon, but I liked the water better at Blue Lagoon. Yeah, I, I can get behind that. And then number three, let's see. I thought Stu Gill Canyon was definitely up there. Yeah. That might be number two, actually, for me. And I might oh, is she ranking it? Is well, she ranking it now? ranking them. I don't know. <laughs> I would put definitely put, I would agree with that. Stu Gill for me is number two. We'd seen so many pictures of it. And, and just... we thought, like, eh, you know, sometimes people get rained out and the water looks like garbage. And so it it really depends on the season you go in. And we just happened to get very lucky where the water was still turquoise blue. Like people are always like, oh, it doesn't look like that in person. No, it does. It really does. If you're <laughs> if you're timing it right. Like we've had some of the friends like the Instagram versus reality reels on on uh, Instagram and TikTok show like the color water when they went and it wasn't as blue. But for us, it was like stunning turquoise blue water. And these canyon or this canyon literally looks like something straight out of Game of Thrones. Like these basalt columns just like 
protruding through the earth just randomly in the middle of the farm <laughs> it's just it's crazy to look at and i think the farm part is what got me it's we're just like, so weird we're driving on this dirt road out in the middle of nowhere it's like completely flat like there's no mountains no doesn't look like there's any canyons or anything at all next to us and eventually we get to this bridge and you see the river flowing under it but the river wasn't even that color i was like what it was like kind of blue and then we get out and that i feel like that was kind of funny too you could keep walking along the road or you could drive along the road we drove yeah we cheated we cheated the system it was like a mile and a half we were like saved us yeah it saved us a lot of time we always push our cars to the limit we're lazy we don't want to walk on roads anyway we get there we'll go backpack 50 miles (laughs) and then we start walking on the farmland and the farmland was pretty interesting, I feel like. It was... It was just, our, like, there were, it was farmland, and then there was just, like, ropes that clearly a lot of people ignored, which really pissed me off, because I was, like, they, they put these ropes up for a reason, you guys. And you see all these people hiking through and just, like, cutting corners, and, like, you're the reason these ropes are up. But, yeah. Yeah, no, it was just kind of random. Like, you didn't expect that to be the trail, and then all of a sudden the middle of the farm opens up and you look to your right if you're doing if you're trying to get down to the water or you go out on this platform if you're looking to the left and you go down there and it's like whoa you're just shocked out of nowhere so yeah that was definitely top three yeah and if you go there definitely bring a drone the drone perspective was really really cool and just hanging out i've seen people jump in the water but we've heard that it's very very the current can be really strong and it's very cold so would not recommend unless you're like a professional swimmer yeah but that spot was insane number four Hmm. i mean there were a ton of really cool hikes i really liked glimmer yeah it was this one waterfall and I was, was that the super mega canyon one? Yeah, it looked just like... Oh, it's actually really hard to rank number five. Or like only five. I put Glimmer and then I think it's called like Fagratis Fall. Fagratis Fall Canyon? Both of them kind of look like the same. Fagratifer? Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I just call it Fur Canyon because at the end fur it says canyon. Fur. <laughs> yeah, those canyons are really cool. The Glimmer one, they, they like look very similar. Glimmer, I think, is the second tallest waterfall in Iceland. I could be wrong. But that one had like a river crossing that you had to walk across a giant log and a rope on. And then there were like, were there ladders on that one? I don't remember. That one was definitely the best yeah, hike. That one was real, just like a fun hike and kept you on your toes the whole time and had a really gorgeous view of this ginormous waterfall in the middle of this canyon. And then you saw like some rainbows. It's just really pretty. And then, yeah, the other canyon was also super beautiful and kind of like that. But it wasn't a waterfall in that one. Do you remember the the tour that we interrupted on that? No. Do you remember when we were crossing the river? Oh, yeah. We're literally the the youngest people on this hike, you guys. There was a full tour bus of, like, 50 to 60-year-olds doing this hike. And they all, like, it was not an easy hike. Like, it's uphill. There's river crossings. Like, I mean, that was what made it fun for us. But we had to wait. 20 minutes of a stupid river crossing. I would say crossing minimum 20 minutes, maybe for longer. For all these old people to cross the river, we were, and they all started freaking out. I'm like, why did you go across if you didn't think you were going to be comfortable coming back? Like, but, I don't know. I think it's respectful. Like, one person from one side of the river goes, and then, then the, the other person, person and then you go back and forth. They were not I, doing that. They looked, and they were like, no, can you just let our whole tour come through? And these people were not 
They were not, were not fast, fast at all, but yeah, I mean, we waited our turn. I think it took us like 10 seconds to cross the whole thing. Literally, it was not a hard rip. I mean, yeah, that's us versus like six-year-old people, so. Yeah, and that not one I feel comparison. like had the most exciting hike. Most of the hikes in Iceland are just walk-ups. You can drive. It, or I feel like, like it's it, flat and then you. Yeah, it's very, very it. like normal. And then you'll like hike up to a cool waterfall. None of them have like a lot of exposure or anything too extreme about them. This one felt pretty extreme. We had to do some like rock scrambling up, like Giselle said, cross a river. And then I think the most impressive part to me was not necessarily the canyon. I mean, not necessarily the waterfall, but the canyon. Just how deep yeah. and thick all, that canyon was. All of the canyons, I think, were like tied for me. Is that one? Melegifer. <laughs> and, and the one that started with an F. The Flagifer. You guys just look at our YouTube video <laughs> and you'll know what we're talking about because I cannot say anything in Icelandic. But I, those I think were, I might switch my number four with you. Well, my number, f- uh, we're not ranking it. Anyways, <laughs> the last one for me would be Skogafoss, 100%. That waterfall was just crazy. I was going to put number four as Skogafoss for me. Maybe not as like the most epic waterfall out of all the ones like Giselle's was talking about the glimmer that one was definitely more epic but i think the experience we had at skogafoss was, it was epic. so cool we had La- it all to ourselves like i'd been to skogafoss previously and there were easily 500 to a thousand people there like the entire parking lot was full there was tour buses there was so many different languages being spoken and me and my buddy were like this is a little ridiculous but this time when, Gel- when giselle and i went over there like maybe 10 people Throughout the whole like hour or two we were there, we basically we shot it for sunset and nobody was there. And this was the day that we that we finally got to Iceland. It was our first day after the whole luggage fiasco and travel fiasco. So it was like finally something happened where like it's it's happening for us. And so yeah, that was really cool. We rolled up. This waterfall is massive, and it was just that was a good way to start off like our time on the ground in Iceland. So fond memories of us running around back and forth and like skipping in front of the waterfall and just being silly in front of the camera since there was nobody else there yeah that that was a really cool experience and i think number five for me was daddy foss daddy foss was like cool and unexpected yeah i didn't realize how powerful that thing is we got lost a few times (laughs) there were definitely a few waterfalls i think that instagram made look way more epic or that we just got skunked out on and we'll definitely go back we're planning hopefully a group trip potentially maybe to iceland right if you don't know we have a group trip going to yellowstone that one's completely booked out yeah and we have another group trip going to patagonia patagonia just barely beat out iceland in our poll yeah a lot of you guys wanted to go so if any of you guys are still looking to go to patagonia you guys are more than welcome to join us it's going to be an epic november. epic trip yeah this november so it's actually like i we leave the day after my birthday so it should be a really really fun trip gonna be talk teaching about photography teaching about uh, a little content social creation. media and co- content creation but most of the time just hanging out and hiking and, with and doing silly people. stuff yeah. yeah anyway guys iceland if it's not on your bucket list oh let me adjust if iceland is not on your bucket list we highly recommend you you get there i have gone, this was my third time going. The first time I went was to do a Taekwondo training camp out there. I know, not what you think about when you go to Iceland. Second time, 
I was teaching a Taekwondo training camp out there. And that's when the first time I went and did the south of the island with my buddy Chris Munoz. And this time we did the entire ring road. Completely blew my mind. This was six days. Yeah. It was rush. Definitely give yourself more time. Yeah, most people recommend around seven to ten. Yeah, seven to ten days. Ten days is what I would more lean on. And I would add a few things next time to our itinerary. The one thing I really want to do next time we go is the highlands. We can only get to the highlands in the summer though. So Keep an eye out. Maybe we'll just go to Iceland. Hashtag sponsor me, somebody. (laughs) Anyway, you guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Unfiltered Adventures. Like we said before, this is where you're going to be able to find all of the content that we don't share on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube. The mess ups, the behind the scenes, all the things that go wrong on trips, as well as some of the highlights that happen as well. As well as our secret tips to become content creators. And coming up in the next episode, we are going to be talking about our trip to Abu Dhabi and Monterey. We're going to be talking about some hotel and tourism collaborations. So if you guys are looking for some tips on that, make sure to tune in next week. And the only thing we ask from you guys is that you share this with one other person that you think would find this funny, informative, interesting, or that you just think would enjoy it. So that would help us. That is the best possible way you can help support us. And what we're trying to do with this podcast is just send it to one other person, one other like-minded adventure that you think could find some value in it. Don't forget, if you want to see some of our daily adventures to check out our Instagram and TikTok, we're the Lover's Passport on both. If you want some long-form travel guides and itineraries, check out our YouTube channel as well as our blog, which is just theloverspassport.com. We got lots of information on there for you guys, whether you need travel tips, itinerary help, gear guides, car camping, road tripping, airplane travel. We have everything on there for you guys and tons and tons of resources available. And with that, we will see you on the next episode.